Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Well, now they really want to fight you about critical race theory. They really want to fight you about CRT. As a matter of fact, we got guys showing up to meetings in Fort Worth, Texas. They want you to know they've got soldiers at the ready to support critical race theory. For those who got an issue with this critical race theory equity, it's something I fought for for my children. How dare you come out from here and talk about the things that my daddy and my grandparents went through, the lynching, the oppression, Jim Crow, and my kids are still being afflicted by this. How dare you come out from here and challenge me on critical race theory? Look at the word racism. This is something deliberately done to people of African descent to shackle us down. This hate, fear, mugging ain't won't work no more. It's over with. We are not our ancestors. I've got over a thousand soldiers ready to go. I'm so glad you got a thousand soldiers ready to go. I think I have more. So where are we going to meet? I mean, I mean, we can go old school and just head over to the Battle of Monmouth. You know, we'll have to all go to Jersey. That's cool. You want you want to pick another battlefield? What can I say? Battle of Monmouth is one of the classics. But sure, if you want to go somewhere else, it's fine. I mean, you just want a street corner? That's cool. That's cool. You want to do this in Texas? You want to do this in Texas? You want, do you want to do it in Fort Worth? You just want to head on down to the Alamo and kind of get the whole kind of, kind of vibe going? Sure. You got a thousand soldiers. Let's see what they got. Oh, I'm sorry, am I supposed to run scared? Or do you want to now have a history lesson? You want to talk about those who were sold into slavery? That's totally fine. Can we talk about who sold them into slavery? I mean, if we're going to do this right. You want to threaten parents? How dare you speak up against critical race theory? You don't have any right to speak up because what? Oh, you're, you're talking to the white parents. Oh, the white parents don't have any right to speak up because the color of their skin denies them the right to pay attention to their kids' education and fight for it. I get it. That is actually in the Constitution. It, it's it's right there. It's actually referred to as the Third and a Half Amendment. Um, it's 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 right there after um, uh, whether or not uh, soldiers can be quartered in your home and just before the right to be safe in your property and effects. It says you, Whitey, can't talk about critical race theory because you don't know nothing. Also follows up with Whitey. I think it's personally offensive, but hey, uh, I didn't put it in there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. By the way, who had the over-under on me using Whitey on the show? Really? Really? Did, did you have it? You should see the bookie for your winnings. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. This isn't the only racial insanity of the day. How about Tiffany Cross over at MSNBC talking about the problem with white truck drivers? You hear, I have to tell you, my brother is a truck driver, um, and he drives across the country, and it's very uh, nerve-wracking to me uh, when he's on the road um, because uh, it's just it feels like a dangerous industry. But you're trying to disrupt that and bring more people who look like us to the industry. Tell us why. Yes, ma'am. First of all, thank you for having me this morning. And yes, we are. And we say we're not building truck drivers, but safe CMB operators, folks that can get back to their home whenever they're done with their ship. That's the most important part, ma'am. 
Well, how can the industry be more welcoming? Because I have to tell you, I talked to a lot of truck drivers and uh, preparing for this segment, and um, most of these truck drivers are people of color, and they talked about, um, you know, hearing some of the racism um, over the CB. Um, you know, this is, again, an industry populated um, by a lot of white men over the age of 55. Um, this group of people overwhelmingly voted for Trump. Um, some people have talked about, you know, aggressive truck drivers uh, cutting them off or not being helpful. Um, so obviously, the more populated it is with people of color, I think you'll see less of that. But how? <laughs> All right, truckers. Talk to me about your racism. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. I mean, she did. Uh, a white, white and over 55. You know those truckers. Tell me. Tell me about your bigotry. I can discuss a, a story, was it on 60 Minutes or maybe it was CBS Sunday Morning, um, where where it was a conversation about the amount of truck drivers who are Sikh because it allows, uh, it doesn't worry about necessarily what you're dressed like. It, you, you, you can still follow your, your religious tenets uh, on, on, your, on your schedule and more and more truck drivers are Sikhs. I said, huh, that's interesting. Very interesting that you would go into the most racist profession, uh, but sure, sure, whatever. Or, 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 Tiffany Cross is full of crap and is just a race hustler like Al Sharpton before her, doesn't know what she's saying and puts out this garbage because she thinks it's good for her, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Reputation. That's it. That, that's it. That makes, that makes total sense. This is madness. But this guy uh, at, at, the, at the school board meeting, the guy at the school board meeting is, is, is everything to me because he's got a, a, a take that he doesn't understand. I want to make sure we're clear about the fact that he doesn't understand what it is he said. He believes that he has a thousand soldiers ready to go. Ready to go do what? That's the question. Ready to go do what? His name is Malik Austin. He's got a thousand soldiers ready to go. And when someone says to him, you know, hey, you can't talk to us like that. He keeps telling you uh, these people that you're not educated. You're just not educated. Okay, that's a nice way uh, to do it. Now, I didn't get to check out this part, Ari, so uh, finger on the dump button, if you would. As he's leaving, he wants you to know that his plan is to bring his soldiers with him locked and loaded. I've got over 1,000 soldiers ready to go. We're not the board. He's yeah, he's he's the board. Board. He's He's going to bring a thousand soldiers with him, locked and loaded. 
And here he is yelling at this woman. Now, if you had seen a white man yelling at a black woman, this would be on every news network uh, in the country. But it's a black man yelling at the white woman, so clearly she deserved it. Locked and loaded. Okay. Well, now everybody at Fort Worth has to come to the next school board meeting with a firearm. One on their hip, one on their ankle, one in their hand. If you don't, well, you're out of your mind because he's coming with a thousand soldiers locked and loaded. This guy is not a threat. This guy is certainly a victim of the wokeness. He's not prepared to have a rational conversation. He's not prepared to take a look at the totality of the problem. He's not prepared to take a look at black parents who are disgusted by critical race theory and listen to them. No, 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 no. He knows the only one way. And he's acting out. But even though I know this, I can't recommend that anybody, everybody just, you know, act like it's all fine. This is a guy who needs to be charged with intimidation. And this is a guy who needs to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And this is a guy who needs to be banned from school board functions. And this is a guy who needs to possibly be held on a psych hold. And certainly his uh, right to keep, in, uh, uh, keep in a, uh, a weapon needs to be taken away from him. His children should be put in protective custody for at least two months to make sure everything's fine at home. And then we should question why anybody would hire him. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that not what we do anymore? Can we, none of those things? Some of those things? You, Huh. Huh. The rules are different. Who knew? Who knew about such a thing? You go to your school board meetings and you don't allow, uh, allow guys like this to bully you. I will say to the so-called men in the crowd, you got a man yelling at a woman, you don't stand up and tell this guy to shut his mouth? What, are you afraid? You're afraid of him? Oh, you'd be afraid of being called a racist because you told a black man to shut his mouth. I have told many a white man to shut his mouth. Do you know why? Because sometimes they're ridiculous. Here, let, let me show you how this works. Ari, shut your mouth. Ayo. See how that worked? He's going to threaten to bring people locked and loaded, telling women they're not intelligent. She's saying, I'll talk to you. After he's already screaming and yelling at her, she's like, I'll talk to you. And he's like, you're not intelligent. You allow that to happen? You allow that to happen? You don't stand up and tell him to shut the blank up? Let, let's look at it a, a different way. What happens when he brings a thousand soldiers locked and loaded? Do you really think that's a guy who should be in charge of your kid's education? My question to you is what did you mean when you said you were going to protect your kids? What did you mean when you stated you're going to fight for your kids? What did it mean? Now, you understand that I don't condone any of this. I don't condone any of these kinds of threats. I don't condone any of this insanity. The answer is you petition your school board, and when they don't listen, you vote them out, and you get people in there who listen. Sometimes you win elections, and sometimes you lose elections. You do the same thing with your governors if they're not speaking out about critical race theory like they should be because it's flat out evil. It absolutely positively, without question,
creates a, a, a dynamic of oppressed and oppressor. It teaches kids to hate each other. It teaches kids to hate themselves. It's what it does. They can scream and yell about it all they want, but, but they, don't, they don't have an argument. This equity nonsense is nonsense. My job is not to explain it to him. My job is to explain it to school board members, get them to understand my point of view, and vote accordingly. If not, vote them out, because that's how we do it. It's how we do it for presidents, how we do it for governors, how we do it for mayor. It's how we do it for school board. That's the way it should be done. I had a guy uh, say to me on Facebook that he's starting to take things into his own hands. And I'm like, don't send me this stuff and don't think I condone it for a second. I don't support vigilantism. Not a second. But I'm asking parents now a different question. I mean, I'm asking truckers what's it like to be called racists by MSNBC, and I want to take those phone calls. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Stay on hold, and we will get to those calls. I'm asking parents right now a question. You said you're willing to fight for your kids. Did you ever ask yourself what that means? Because, well, the, the question is now upon you. What does it mean that you are willing to fight for your kids? What does it mean when you say, my kids matter? I'm asking. When you're at your local school board meeting and this guy is at your or a version of him, is at your local school board meeting saying that he's got a thousand soldiers locked and loaded. What's your plan? The woman in question told Fox News that she felt threatened and she felt scared. And my my ad- advice to her would be, uh, don't uh, be either. Well, it's, I can't stop you from being threatened. It was clearly a threat. Certainly don't be scared. You got to keep coming to the meetings. You got to keep advocating for your kids. You got to keep fighting. And if they want to come heavy, you got to come heavy. If they want to be violent, you just have to be prepared for what that means. You have to be prepared for it. Now, do I want it? No. And do I think this guy's just blowing smoke? Yes, I do. Of course I do. Without question, I do. But he has now forced a serious, serious question. Exactly what did you mean when you said you were willing to fight for your kids? Exactly what did Thomas Jefferson mean when he said the tree of liberty must be watered from time to time with the blood of tyrants and patriots? What does the Haggadah, the story of the exodus from Egypt by Jews, what does it mean when it reads freedom is not free and every generation it must be one anew? At what moment does it come to you? Does it dawn upon you? Is it while you're in the middle of your workday? Is it while you're buying apples at the local grocery store? Are you in the middle of a workout? Are you in restful slumber when you wake up breathing heavy or find yourself startled to realize that all these things mean, are you ready? Are you willing? I don't want any of that. I want people to be normal, but I understand history and I understand nothing is done 
without sacrifice because the other side is dedicated to the idea that you won't. This guy thought he could threaten you and he's the toughest guy in the room and ain't nobody going to do anything about it. No one's going to fight him. No one's going to push back. He's just going to call you racist, claim he's got people locked and loaded, and all you're going to do is cower in the corner and say, oh, I'm sorry, please don't hurt me. But you said you were going to protect your kids. I don't want any of this. I want people to be rational and normal. I want to utilize the vote. I want to voice my opinion. I want other people to be able to voice theirs. But these moments in our history, these statements of great people, they're there for a reason. And my question is, did you ever ask yourself what it meant to fight for your kids? Because if not, you need to. I'm Tony Katz. So I asked truckers, what's it like to be called racist by Tiffany Cross over there at MSNBC? You know, all those white, age 55 or older truckers, they're they're all Trump supporters and all racist. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Jim is on the line. Jim, you are a, uh, you're, you're a trucker, Jim? Yes, I am, Tony. Uh, Just so we're clear, um, is it enjoyable being called a racist? Uh, No, never in any situation is it. Uh, so is, is this? Do you feel that this is the take that people have of your industry? No, not amongst the drivers ourselves. Uh, you know, when I went through and got my CDL, uh, there was probably more uh, minorities at that time getting it than any time ever before, and we all worked together, helped each other out. Uh, I roomed with a gentleman from Turkey, and. Uh, you know, we helped each have other. Th- have out. things we changed? Do you feel that, that things have changed in the past days, weeks, months, no. or years? No, no. I think it stayed just about the same. Uh, I work for a company that's uh, out of Indianapolis, and they run oh fifty, sixty students through every week, and it's a you know it's a fair mixture. And I see them out there in the yard working, helping each other out all the time. Well, I'm not surprised that Tiffany Cross gets it wrong again. Jim, I appreciate the call, man. Be safe out there on the roads. But don't worry. She's not the only person at MSNBC getting it wrong. Stephanie Rule, she's totally fine with you spending more money. Because inflation? Eh, you can afford it. True story. I share it with you coming up. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today. In Texas, there's a guy you never heard of named Ryan Julian. I think it's pronounced Julian. G-U-I-L-L-E-N. Maybe it's Guian. Maybe it's Guian. Maybe it's Guian. Maybe that's how I pronounce it. So apologies if I got it wrong. Uh, You'll also be getting his title wrong if you refer to him as a Democrat. He is a Republican now. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Throughout my entire career, says the Texas state rep, He's the young. I don't know if he's the youngest state rep in history. He ran when he was twenty-four. 
and for like five elections straight, they didn't run anybody against him. Throughout my entire career, creating a prosperous business climate, defending the Second Amendment, and protecting the lives of the unborn are the cornerstones of how I have represented my district. After much consideration and prayer with my family, I feel that my fiscally conservative pro-business and pro-life values are no longer in step with the Democratic Party of today, and I am proudly running as a Republican to represent House District 31. Why does this matter? Because all you hear is that Texas is turning blue. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Texas is turning blue, don't you know? Texas is blue. It's a Democratic state. All the Republicans can die in a fire. Well, that's all right. That's a little rough, right? I didn't mean that they could all die in a fire. That's kind of, that's kind of just rude. That's how I think they uh, look at the conversation. I, I don't want you to die in a fire. No, not, not at all. And he said, ah, they got the better idea. I'm going with it. The left is too radical. I want no part of that. I, I, I want to do this. I want to be part of this. That is something, guys. I wonder how many of those are coming in a world that already has Democrats on the rope. I'll, 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 ropes. I'll get more into that. Some stories out there from uh, the Wall Street Journal and some other places. Some people not running for re-election. I'll, I'll, I'll get into all of it. You know, all politics are local. And uh, very often politicians are what we call um, self-serving. They, they, you, you can't really do anything unless you're elected. So they do the things to get elected. I don't know, maybe this is that. Or maybe it's telling you that what they say is the trend line isn't actually the case. That could be it. Also not the case that this administration has any idea what to do about inflation, that this administration and their acolytes have any idea of what Americans are dealing with. I share with you now a couple of stories. First, the question asked to the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki and the admission from her that, oh, we don't know how to handle these rising prices. Besides, the whole thing's just political. So one in four Americans, according to a new survey, have experienced some kind of loss of income as a result of higher prices. The president has expressed concern about this. I, I know that you were working on different fronts on to, to address this, but I mean, how urgent is it and how, you know, is there any sort of specific um, concern that this is, is going to affect not just political outcomes, but just the overall economy? Sure. Well, Andrea, first let me say that, you know, a lot of the talk about inflation, I'm not saying from you, but in general out there has been, uh, it's become a political cudgel and it shouldn't be. So I can't bring it up because if I do, it's about your policies and it's not fair to talk about your policies. Well, Tony, this is all because of COVID. No, it's actually not all because of COVID. Now, is it? However, there is a fair amount of it that's about COVID. And maybe if you didn't scare people to death, maybe if you didn't threaten them, they would be working today. Does COVID explain why 4.4 million workers quit in September? And why in the world is the White House spinning this as a good thing?
You mentioned uh, earlier the availability of jobs. There's a pretty stunning headline in the newest Labor Department report. Over 4.4 million U.S. workers said, I quit in September. That beat the previous record of 4.3 million that was set just one month earlier. Do you take this as a good sign or a bad sign for the economy or neither? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's uh, often misinterpreted as a bad sign when from a worker's perspective, it's actually a good sign. The reason it's a good sign is because at a time of very strong labor demand, 5.6 million jobs created since this president got here, 620,000 per month, historical records, the unemployment rate falling faster than it has in, uh, in, over, in over 50 years. So that, those kinds of conditions mean that there are lots of good, higher-paying opportunities for workers. Do you know how ignorant, purposely ignorant you have to be to make that statement? Jared Bernstein is the person talking. Alex Witt asked the question. This is beyond ridiculous. Let's go back and listen to his answer one more time. Often misinterpreted as a bad sign when from a worker's perspective, it's actually a good sign. The reason it's a good sign is because at a time of very strong labor demand, 5.6 million jobs created since this president. No, 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 no jobs were created. People went back to work. That's not the creation of jobs. That's a lie, Jared Bernstein. We don't allow lies here. That may work with your wife, but it's not going to work with Midwest America. So stop it. No jobs were created. People went back to work in some places. Next. Here, 620,000 per month. Historical records. The unemployment rate falling faster than it has in, uh, in, over, in over 50 years. The, la- the, the, the unemployment rate isn't as important as the labor force participation rate. But I'm glad the unemployment rate is going down. Who is in the labor force? Who is actually working? Who wants to work? And if they're not working, may I ask you, how are they feeding their family? Where are they getting the money? What program exists that's still paying them? What's happening in the gig economy that's keeping them from being in what we would call a regular economy? They're not working these jobs. They're working different jobs. Well, they got to be working something. The money has to come in because little Johnny needs diapers. So... What are they doing? But the idea that people are quitting is actually a good sign because now there are really good high paying jobs out there. If they're not taking the job, it's not a good sign. It's a problematic sign because you're not answering the question of where'd they go. If they went into the gig economy, I'm fine with this. Show me. Show us. Let's now rethink how we look at these numbers. They don't show that. They just simply want you to believe that everything is totally fine and good, and how dare you ask? Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. Nonsense. Absolute radical nonsense. Consumer sentiment is at a 10-year low. Well, it's not surprising. Who has faith in the Biden administration? The answer is no one. And that's a huge problem. Because even if you disagreed with tariffs in the world of Donald Trump, you believed that he had a plan and that he could execute. And that plan, that belief in a plan, got people calm, cool, and collected and allowed them to then invest in their futures and in their business futures. 
make investments in capital, make investments in product, make investments in machinery, make investments in growth. When things are calm and you believe you know what the road is ahead, you make plans. But when things are in flux, you don't make plans. You, what's the expression that we use, hunker down? You try and keep a hold of everything as tight as you can because everything around you is total chaos. And that is certainly the way the American entrepreneur feels right now, that things are in total chaos. Never mind those people who can't get the goods and services uh, to, to sell. They can't get the goods to sell the goods, and they can't get the goods to create the services to sell because of the supply chain issues. Consumer sentiment is a great one. The supply chain issues are massive. And to show you how serious the supply chain issues are, I turn to Brian Stelter. Oh, uh, I usually save that for Ocasio-Cortez, but, but sure, okay. He took a picture. It's a supermarket. Maybe he didn't take the picture. He just stole the picture. It's a supermarket, and it's the, it's the milk, right? It's in the refrigerated case. You got all the, the milk there. You got some creamers there and some whipped cream over there. And there's a person uh, opening it up, and it looks like a woman. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's in a winter coat. I can't tell. And grabbing some milk. And Brian Stelter tweets out the supply chain, she exclaims, looking for milk for a two-year-old. Look at this amazing overflowing abundance, he responds. The number of business owners I know who can't get product, the number of business owners I know who aren't sure if what they ordered will get to them in time, the amount of business owners I know, for example, in the cigar world, you guys know I I do a fair amount with cigars and I have the cigar show, Eat, Drink, Smoke, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. They can't get cellophane to put the cigars in. They can't get the boxes to be able to package them for the holidays. They can't get the cardboard boxes to be able to put the boxes in if they can get the boxes to then ship them out. They can't get the glue. There is a glue that is utilized by rollers to keep the leaves together. Biodegradable, and you can smoke it. It's not a problem. It's not like anything else. And they don't have it. Does Brian Stelter really believe that we believe that the milk is coming on a ship from China? I don't know about you, but I live in Indiana. If I walk 20 feet in any direction, I can milk my own cow. Okay, that's not true. That's how the rest of America sees us. But we do have cows. Honestly, living in Indiana, friends are like, so so is there a lot of corn? I'm like, well, there actually was when we moved here, there was more corn, and now it's now it's houses and shopping plazas. I mean, a lot of construction going on. But also, you take a drive out of town, and there's a lot of corn, and awesome. And there's a lot of dairies, and awesome. That means we are not waiting for corn nor milk on ships coming from China. Does Brian Stelter actually believe this is the case? Or is Brian Stelter just another one of these people who wants to insult you because you don't understand that the supply chain isn't a problem? But the supply chain is a problem. It isn't being used as a cudgel, no matter what Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, says. It's an honest conversation about what's going on. So why is Brian Stelter now playing in the narrative game, protecting people like Joe Biden? And if you think he's alone, let's take a look at Stephanie Rule over at MSNBC.
Nobody knows exactly when they're going down, but you have to put all this in perspective. This inflation is not in isolation, and the government predicted it was going to be a challenging recovery, recovery all tied to COVID. So it's why you see things like that expanded child tax credit. You've got the families of over 60 million kids on average getting $430 a month for people on fixed incomes, older people on Social Security. They're getting those fixed payments adjusted next year up 5.9% for inflation. And the dirty little secret here, Willie, while nobody likes to pay more, on average, we have the money to do so. Household savings hit a record high over the pandemic. We didn't really have anywhere to go out and spend. And as we said a moment ago, we're expecting retail sales this holiday season to break records. So you don't have to worry about inflation because you already have the money. So just suck it up. That's the take of the intelligentsia. These people have never read Bastiat. They know nothing about economics. They know nothing about the seen and the unseen. If I am spending an extra dollar a gallon for gas, if I am spending an extra dollar a gallon for milk, if my food bill is an extra $100 a week, if my heating bill is an extra $50 to $100 a week, you have now taken from me my ability to use my dollars the way I see fit. So the improvements I would have made to my house, the vacation I would have taken, the savings that I could have had for a future event are now all gone. How many businesses did you just impact with your inflation that you claim I can handle no big whoop? They don't know anything about economics. And they sure as bloody hell don't care about you. It's just another reason why you should just shut up and take it. Because if you bring it up, well, that's just using it as a political cudgel. And who knows why you're bringing it up? Because after all, you can afford it. Now be quiet. It is beyond elitism. And it's an incredible amount of hate. You should be bothered by these things. And they're not done. And it's going to hurt a lot of people. No matter what Stephanie Rule thinks. Oh, that's right. She doesn't think. I'm Tony Katz. So the rumor mill has it that there is a rift growing between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I don't know. It's possible. He doesn't know what day it is, and she's a fool. Uh, maybe he knows what day it is. I can't really tell. I don't have the ability to diagnose. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Great to be with you. Or maybe it has something to do with this. Harris Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. See, it used to be only Joe Biden that said things that make you say, "I'm sorry, what?" What happens when Kamala Harris does the same? We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities. You're right. Why would anybody have a split from that? 
I'm sorry, that's insane. She said nothing. She didn't know where she was going. She didn't look ahead. She doesn't have a vision. She... <laughs> that's why you got that insane tweet from, uh, from Jen Psaki about how important Vice President Harris is and how she's doing such important work. No one believes this. The White House press secretary put this out uh, on a Sunday night at 9.20 in the evening. This afterthought. They're, they picked her. They picked her because they were desperate to have a black woman on the ticket. They didn't care about anything else. They didn't care that she was incompetent, and she is. She's not bright. She's not with it. She's not together. There were a lot of competent people that he could have picked. And he chose this. He chose somebody who wasn't. Because he wanted the the, the the color and he didn't matter about anything else. That's on him. Don't play these racial games. Get good people.